Life is full of tough choices. When there are big decisions to be made and the whole world thinks that you've gone crazy, what do you do? Well, today's guests, Phil and Shay Bynes, share about how they chose to lean into each other, listen to what God is saying, and share every bit of it with their family. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Hello there, family. It's Danielle and Justin again, and you are listening to episode 101 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Can you believe it? I know. It's so weird to say 101, um, but we sure have a great show to kick off the next yes, we 100 do. episodes of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. So welcome to the show. Yes. This week, we have Phil and Shay Bynes on the show. Now, Shay is an author and a coach for Christian entrepreneurs, and Phil runs his own massage business. Yeah, they're a couple who shares everything. They face it all together while listening to God for direction and processing all of it with their three beautiful girls and always conscious of just being the role models of the family. So, Justin, you did not have the pleasure of being on this interview. I with, didn't. I know. We Had missed, to work the day job. I know. Boo. But we missed you so much. Um, you're just going to love them because they are like kindred spirits. Yeah. They're on the, they actually have their own entrepreneurial journeys. They each have their own individual businesses mm. where we kind of work together. But they're such a great team. Um, they really support each other, and especially because they have a teenager, a 10-year-old, and an 18-month-old. That's so, a spread. I know. So they have to like seamlessly work it all out together, but um, they'll get into that whole spread and how they do it uh, awesome. on the episode. So let's get to it. We are so happy to have Phil and Shay Vines on the show today. They are a couple of crazy kids, been married for 19 years. They have two teenagers and they have an 18-month-old. Oh my goodness, y'all, we have to talk about that. Phil is a licensed massage therapist and owner of a wonderful massage establishment. And Shay is an author and she runs an organization called Kingdom Driven Entrepreneurs. Um, she inspires and teaches Christian entrepreneurs to do business with God, with Him first. You guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh my goodness. Y'all have so two teenagers and a baby. You must be a grinding out the parent thing like crazy. No, we don't do no. grind for anything. In our life. No, 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 no grinding. No grinding no whatsoever. Grinding in, in okay, so life. speak. Okay, this is a horrible transition, but <laughs> never mind. Okay, I'm not even going there. But y'all met as teenagers. You were 16. So you guys were high school sweethearts. Okay, yeah. how, did, how did that happen? How did you meet and how did you uh, kind of catch each other's eye there? 
Okay, well, we met at a mutual friend's birthday party. Um, I didn't know her. She didn't know me. And we're at a birthday party. And basically, I was the only nut out on the dance floor dancing. And she saw me and she came out there and danced with me. Oh, why'd you come out and dance with him? Do you feel bad he was the only one? Well, because it's boring to be at a party and all the guys are hanging out on one side of the room and the girls are hanging out on the other side of the room. So he looked like he was going to be fun. And I didn't come there to just like sit around. So and so I just went out there to dance with them. So has that held true? Is Phil fun? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, have you been together since you were 16? Yeah, we have. So we, so we went to, we were juniors, juniors in high school when we started dating and uh, through college, we didn't go to college together. We were separate. We were probably about four hours apart, but we managed to stay together. It was hilarious because my parents were like, there's no, like you guys will be, you know, apart by Thanksgiving freshman year. Ah. And and when we came, no faith in the Phil love. (laughs) Said, how did that land with you? Uh, he's going to oh, be yesterday's. I uh, understand their, their thought process behind it. I actually went to a historically black college uh, or slash university. And the ratio of women to men there was something like 13 to one. What? And so I can what? understand why they would think, you know, us doing a long distance relationship wouldn't work out. Hold <laughs> the phone on that one. Like, how is that even a possible ratio? It's very common. It's very, it's very common in historically black colleges and universities. There's like a hundred of them in the United States. And it's very common for the, the ratio to be very high female to male. Whoa. Okay. So I can see why a lot of men would want to like sign up for those places. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Come on. Bring it on. 13 to one. You got to like those odds. That's it. Mm. That's it. Okay, so how did you guys know that each other was like the one for the long haul? Well, it's interesting because when we were dating in high school, Phil says to me that he was done looking. He's like, I'm done looking. So if you, you know, if we break up, it'll be because, you know, you know, you initiated it. Your fault. I'm done looking. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting to hear in high school. I wasn't, you know, I didn't really know how serious he was because I wasn't really thinking about marriage when I was in high school. Right. But but once we were in college and once we made it through freshman year and I realized that he could be at a school with 13 women and one to one man and still be committed in a relationship with me. You're like, I got it going on if I'm right. I, I knew that I knew that we were going to get married after we made it past freshman year. And, you know, she leaves out one part of the story. I actually asked her to marry me. Uh, and as we were graduating high school, and she laughed Phil, at me. Oh, my gosh. What did your buddies say about that, Phil? What did they say? Oh, I didn't care what my friends thought. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They're in different areas of life than I was. I was thinking further ahead. And the thing is, Danielle, I, he tells that part of the story. And the reason why it doesn't resonate with me and I don't tell that part of the story, because I really didn't take seriously a proposal when I was in high school. So he's saying I asked her to marry me. But, but to me, I don't even rem- like I don't recall him ever asking me to marry him like that. I just remember him saying, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think my brain was processing the idea of. You're like, do you mean prom? Is that what you're talking <laughs> like? Do you focus on prom? Like what? 
Well, that's interesting because she surely didn't remember when we were getting ready to finish college that she had to to ask me to marry her because I told her, I've already asked you to marry me. So when you were ready, you asked me. That's true. I do recall that. <laughs> did you did you really do the proposal, Shay? Yeah, he proposed. He proposed. But I did tell him that, well, yes, well, I want you to I, I do want to be married. I told him I, I do want to get married. And he did propose. Mm. He did. He did. He did his. He did the. The husbandly thing. Oh, good, good, Phil. Not just you know grinding out on the dance floor like, hey, let's get married. <laughs> that um, kind of grind. <laughs> yeah, that's a good kind of grind, right? <laughs> um, so here's my, here's a question I have: What qualities did you see in one another that you're like, yeah, that's a good one to marry? I noticed that she was different from most of the other girls in high school. Like she knew what she wanted and she wasn't, she wasn't into drama. And so that gave me space to want to know her more and get to know her. And, and as I got to know her, I realized she was diff- different. I was like, okay, this is someone I can see myself marrying because that's what I was actually looking for. And he was in high school and he was thinking about dating wow. someone that he would want to marry. Wow. I'm just wondering, how were you so mature at such a young age, Phil? When I was 16, I don't even know. Like, I, I, the thoughts in my head were just not even worth mentioning at this point. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? I tell you what, it's life circumstances, right? I came from a broken home. You know, um, I remember my father being much older than my mom, and that's why I didn't work out. He loved her. And, you know, they got married and she was just, she was really too young for him at the time. And she had a young person's mindset. And I just remember as I was growing up thinking about how they didn't make it. And I realized that if I wanted to make it with someone, I have to be looking for the right person. And, you know, now I have more words to say about it now. But at the time, I was just looking for someone that was marriageable material. I wasn't Mm -hmm. really thinking about, oh, I'm going to marry her. I just wanted someone that I can see myself going longer than two years with. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. That's a good attitude. Okay, so y'all got married, and when you were young and like newly married or young and dating, do you guys have any fun dates that you went on? I feel like couples are always asking for like, what's a fun date? Because you know we kind of get stuck in the rut of like movie, dinner, all that kind of stuff. We're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, we're we're yeah. kind of boring, yeah. buddy duddies. <laughs> we uh, we're pretty simple. Like we just we just enjoy spending time together, whatever that looks like. I mean, we've taken trips together, and um, and we enjoy doing that. But like we're like we're like the couple that just we just like to hang out. So if that means that we went out to eat, then that's cool with us. If that means that we were at the park. That's cool with us, right? Like we're yeah. we're pretty simple in that way. The bottom line for us is just like where can we just kind of enjoy each other's company? Mm, I yeah. love that. Love I, I think the difference also is like when you think about a husband or a wife, a lot of times they have to do these grand gestures because you know they're not each other's best friend. And for um, us, we're kind of each other's best friends. So it's just when you get with your best friend, you don't have to go to Paris. You don't have to go on these elaborate dates. You just enjoy hanging out with your best friend. And so I think that's where we are. Got it. So now y'all are business owners, each one of you individually. So you don't, you don't do the business thing together. You do it separately. And I know that you had said 
that because of like the high stress of, you know, you run your own business, you run your own business, it could have led to kind of a breakdown situation between the two of you. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. And really, it's because we we have kind of a unique journey. So I started off working in corporate and Phil had kind of like, he always had his like massage practice on the side and then had a massage job. Okay. And so we were in this dynamic and I had a very, I had a very uh, lucrative career too in corporate for about 10 years. When it was a time to transition, this was one of those situations where God called me out of corporate. It wasn't my plan. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't my thing. It was like, it was the thing that the Lord put on our heart. Now, Uh when I, if I didn't have Phil's blessing to make that leap out, that which happened in, was that eight years ago? Gosh, that was in 2010. And if I didn't have his blessing for that leap, it could have easily broken us because what you walk into when you leave almost six figures behind, all of a sudden, you know, to walk into, you're not even sure what you're walking into. That can create so much tension. And we've had, we have had to make a lot of sacrifices as a family to kind of walk this thing out. And, and I, I know a lot of couples that the finances are the things that broke them. Right. And when I think about the things that we've had to walk through, some of the sacrifices we've had to make uh, some of the challenges we've had to go through in those years, um, even as recently as, you know, a couple years ago, it, it would have been, a, it would have been a real challenge, but our whole thing is like, we always say, you know, we want to make sure Christ is at the center always in everything that we do and in our marriage. And so we're always kind of walking this thing out, like, okay, this part's hard. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. You know, let's, let's do that so that we don't ever let circumstances become so overwhelming that they create a, you know, puts a breach between the two of us. Yeah. Now, Phil, when she said, I think God's calling me to leave this highly lucrative career, what was your first thought? I was like, go. That actually, I'm the one that's like, okay, sweetheart, if you hear God saying something, do it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. But Mm. if you hear, if you think you hear God saying something, go for it. And it's crazy because, mm-hmm. it, so for me, I'm a meticulous planner. I was a software engineer and a project manager. Like I was logical, methodical, meticulous planner. So when God was st- speaking t- to me about leaving, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I've got a long checklist of things that we need to accomplish first before I go and do that. Yeah. So fortunately, Phil's okay was the easiest thing on the list. It took me another six, it took me probably another six to nine months before I left mm-hmm. from getting it's okay to do so. Wow. And now in your new business, Shay, are you still the logical planner? Like, do you still have that kind of stuff? Well, I do. But what's interesting is that because I was so achievement oriented, because I was so focused on, you know, my plans, you know, here's my plans, Lord bless them type of thing. My journey has been one where God broke all of that down to show me what it looks like to walk with him and to seek him first. And then once I got into a rhythm of that and learning how to submit things to him truly, not like just saying I do, but like actually truly submitting. Check the box. Life submit, and my check. Right. As soon as I could flow in that way, 
at that point, it was like, okay, those things that are inside of you, those are good things. The fact that you're a planner is a good thing. The fact that you're strategic, you know, is a good thing. All of those are good traits. I put them on the inside of you, but now that you know how to yield them to me and how to flow with me, now let's put those things. But there was a series of time when I started Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, literally no vision beyond like a week sometimes, no vision beyond a day. It was like, Lord, what are we doing today? What is this thing you've called me to? What am I doing? You know, it was, uh-huh. it was interesting. So it's been a journey. It sounds like, uh, like for me, like, I, man, I, I admire what you're doing, but that sounds frustrating to me. Like day to day going, Lord, give me another day. Give me another plan. Yeah. Um, give me the strength for this one day over and over and over again. I feel like, oh my gosh, I'd be pulling my hair out. <laughs> and that's the part that I love and I hate about a journey with God is like you said, the part about had to break it down. He had to break you down so that you had to fully rely on him, submit. And that's when the big growth comes. You know yeah. that, right? Yes. But that's the part I hate about it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be broken down. <laughs> right, right. I don't want to go day to day and, you know, have to listen and all that. And <laughs> oh my gosh, that's just a powerful woman right there, Phil. <laughs> Phil, what does it look like to be relying on God in your massage business? I, I had to get to the point where... I, I had a similar thing happen where when we were going through the struggle, uh, my wife left her job and I was like, okay, Lord, I guess that means that now you're going to make me the head breadwinner in the household. Okay. Uh-huh. And so I started trying to work more hours and things of that nature. And it was so funny. I would put in more hours on my job and my clients started to spread out instead of me gaining more clients, my clients just spread out over the, the course of the hours that I was working when they used to be, you know, more compact. And so one day I got frustrated. I was like, Lord, what's going on? I'm just trying to take care of my family. And I heard him say back to me, but you don't take care of yourself. I take care of you. And after that is when I started my journey of, okay, well, what does that look like for me not taking care of myself? And so right now what it looks like now that we have a uh, 18 month old is some, some weeks, my schedule's not very busy. And when it's not busy, I come home and I spend time with the baby and I don't worry about work. And guess what? All of a sudden something pops up on my schedule that from someone that I don't have any relationship with, they just find out about me and they start booking massages. So that's what God has trained me. Like, as you just do what is important in the now, I'll take care of the details. We'll get back to our conversation in just a moment. But first, let's talk for just a little bit about the power of story. Yeah, your story can make a real difference for others. Our stories have the power to break down walls, create healing laughter, tears of joy, and transform lives. It takes courage to tell your story, but the rewards are so worth it. So we really want to encourage you to think about coming on the Legendary Marriage Podcast and sharing your story. We've made it a super easy process. You can complete the form at legendarymarriage.com slash guest, schedule your interview, and then just rock it. It's a conversation more than an interview, and we're just talking about the everyday ordinary kinds of pieces of life that go into marriage and family and building a legacy together. As you've heard other couples on this show, they are everyday legendary couples and they inspire and challenge you. So we want you to do the same. So if you're ready, go to legendarymarriage.com slash guest 
and sign up to be on the show. We can't wait to have you. And now back to part two of our conversation. You guys talk about the importance of communication because obviously you both have your own kind of separate businesses going on. You've got teenagers, you've got a little baby and you know, obviously communication, super important. When did you figure out that like, if we don't communicate on this, this is going to not go so well for us? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think we figured that one out pretty early on. I mean, obviously things were easier when it was just the two of us. And then it was the two of us with our oldest, you know, things were a little bit simpler, actually a lot simpler uh, back then. But as soon as as I, I would think about gosh, it's probably been about 10 years mm-hmm. or so that what we what we put in place was something where every single week we would have a time that we would sit, we'd have a date where we sit and we have uh, a conversation about all the various things that are going on in our lives. So it's right. like, okay, what's the family stuff going on? What do we need to talk about as it relates to the family? What do we need to talk about as it relates to business? What do we need to talk about uh, as it relates to kind of some of the church ministry stuff that we're involved in, like what, so we would talk through all of, we still do that to this day. We do not, mm. we do not miss a week unless I'm traveling. Like we missed it this week because I was out of town, but unless I'm traveling, it's like, we, we do not skip a beat. We've been doing this for probably 10 years now. And it has made such a difference to have that just concentrated amount of time. That's like, we're dedicating this time to, to talk through stuff that if we, you know, if we didn't do this time, would probably just kind of get too far ahead of us, you know, too, too far behind, too far ahead or whatever and cause, you know, cause tension. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea just because sometimes either it can bleed into just regular life. So like you're always talking about business stuff or bill stuff or whatever. It's just always bleeding in or, you just never talk about it. <laughs> it's the opposite. You're like, I don't have time to, we'll just do what we do and stuff slips through the cracks and, That's you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you obviously have quite a challenge with teenagers and a little baby. You have said something that's really important about you guys as a couple is you fa- share your faith journey just as the key to spiritual growth in front of your kids as a model with your kids. Can you tell us like kind of what that looks like in your family? Sure. You want to start? Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the heavy stuff right away. (laughs) All right. Do it. Do it. A result of my wife leaving her, um, her job. uh, Long story short, we wind up having to short sell our home. And so at one point we were, I could call us homeless, although we never lived out of a car or a van or anything like that, but we were willing to do that because we believe that we were following what God was telling us to do. We wound up living in hotels for a a number of months. 45 45 days. 45 days. (laughs) And during that time- Don't make it longer than that. (laughs) Right? Yeah. During that time, God never skipped the beat. You know, we went from not being able to pay the mortgage- to paying much more than that while we're in the hotels. And it was only God's, you know, doing that. We had that extra money come in. And so we would share what that looked like to our kids. We told them, okay, this is what's happening. This is why we're living in this situation. And they were always aware of what was going on. We never tried to hide or protect them from anything Mm -hmm. because we believe that kids are much stronger than parents think that they are. Right. Yeah. And we want them to see, we want them to know God for themselves. And so 
if we were just kind of having our journey and seeing the provision of God, seeing the goodness of God, just seeing how, how, what it's like to kind of walk and follow him and, and flow with him. And we were not sharing that with the kids to the kids. I mean, life could just look like crazy and like, well, what's going on? Like, why did mom leave this? And why did this dynamic change in the house? You know, yeah. Why did these things change? How did this happen? Oh, wow. Like, you know, they, they would just, they'd be clueless. They would miss out on the beauty of seeing who God is. I mean, that was the beauty. That was what we were learning, right? We had to yeah. learn, you know, when you come up into a, uh, I can speak for myself, coming into a position where I would say that God is my provider. Like I would say that, but I didn't yeah. really know what it meant for God to be my provider. I was really like dependent on this paycheck. And it was, you know, I really just had more than enough. And it was just, yeah. you know, I just didn't think about God as provider for real, you know, for real. Yeah. And I didn't learn who he was as provider until I had to, right? Right. And, and the beauty of being able to learn that, and if I tried to learn that apart from my kids, then they would have missed out. That is it. That's a spiritual legacy that, that, that we have to impart to our kids mm-hmm. to learn who God is to us as a family to them as an individual. And it would, to me, it would have just been such a shame to keep them out of that. And then even practically speaking, they're like our little prayer warriors too. Mm-hmm. Like if we've got things that we're, we're standing in faith for, we want their faith to join with ours. Yeah. Right. It would be often I would say, I would say to my, um, the first, the oldest two, um, I was like, okay, now daddy's looking a little bit short this week. Um, and I have this bill coming up. Can you pray for, for daddy? Because God hears your voice stronger than mine. You know, he honors the younger, a young child more than he would, you know, well, not that he honors them more, but he actually- They have faith as a, yes, little, the faith they, as a little child. They have, they have, yes, they have greater faith. And so I need your great faith right now. And they would pray for me and they would see when finances come and I was like, oh, look what happened. This happened today. And so they would see that their prayer actually had an effect in that day or the next day. Mm-hmm. Now, it's it's interesting how you can look at this time, like, you know, looking back at a period of time and going, look what God was doing. It was so wonderful. Were there times when you were in that hotel room where you're like, what the heck did we do? Well, I wouldn't say it was what the heck did we do, but it was like, okay, God, where are you? Like, what, what, like, you know, what's going on? What do we do next? I didn't expect this. So I expected something else and here we are. So, you know, so there is definitely, there was definitely that period of like, okay, did I miss something? Um, what kind of what's next? There was definitely that I had, I had my first anxiety, panic attack ever in that 45 days in my entire life. Like I had it then. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, I mean, it was just the one of those, like, I don't, yeah, I just don't know what to do next. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, I was so, I was so certain. And now I'm just, I'm feeling shaken right now. So help, you know, help yeah. me now, you know, I definitely yeah. had that, had that um, experience during those 45 days, no doubt. And I know that sometimes for me, when I try to like find God's meaning in like every little thing it can for me it can make me anxious and I'm like I don't know like I don't know I don't know what the story is and I'm trying to like connect and figure out what the story is but I don't get it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it can feel really frustrating in those times it's true and and the thing that we started to learn from the process is sometimes it doesn't it's not for you to know you know, yeah. part, of, part of the process is you don't need to know. I just need you to follow my voice. I need you to trust me. 
without yeah. knowing, because that's where you show that you really have faith. And then once mm-hmm. you get to the point where you can do that, then he starts to, like a friend, reveal more stuff to you. Yeah. Because you didn't need to know more stuff. It's like he's working on our heart in that process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm wondering, so obviously there's quite a gap between your oldest and your youngest. And what does it look like as far as, you know, leading spiritually with a little baby? Cause I feel like it for us, like, I don't know, like, I feel like at a certain point we were like, okay, for real, now we have to be models. But <laughs> when they were babies, I was just like, let's just take care of this kid and right. see if we can figure it out. Yeah. Well, okay. So we, our oldest is 17. The middle one is 10. So she's not quite, she's preteen. Yeah. 17, 10 and 18 months with the baby. It's like, you know, she's, I mean, she's, she's not, she's barely been talking. Right. And so, right. so our, our responsibility is just to care for her and make sure she doesn't eat coins off the ground and sure you know what I'm saying like it's just it's very simple in that way but with the with the other two um we just we just engage them in, in every aspect of life together you know um one thing that we started doing about gosh it's probably been a little over a year now we started doing something called family church so we go to a local church but once a month we'll just do on a Sunday we'll just it'll just be us you know, mm. and, so, and, we'll, and we'll even rotate. We'll have the girls come up with the topic and have them, you know, do the research and go figure out in the word, you know, something to support the topic they want to talk about. And I've really enjoyed that. That's like just like little things that we do just to try to um, help to kind of grow our faith together as a family and yeah. their faith as, you know, as kids. But yeah, with the baby, it's, you know, she's just hanging around. Like, so we'll have family yeah. church just, you know, running around, right? So, <laughs> right. But I think believe that she picks up on things just by being in the environment. And then and in due time, you know, when she's old enough to really understand and all of those things, then we'll engage her as appropriate. Okay, so I've got to be super nosy um, and tell me to can it if I need to. But okay, so when you guys planned out your family, did you think like, oh, we'll have a big family with a bunch of kids or we'll have them all together or we'll spread them out or like, how did that all go down? Well, the gap was, is, is, um, okay. So the gap between the first and the second, yeah. around the time that we would have considered having the second child, my wife had just started her MBA program. Um, her mm. job said, we want you to get your MBA. We'll pay for it. And so at the time that we would have considered having the child, you know, she was starting a program and she's like, there's no way in the world that I'm going to have a job, go to school and be pregnant. Uh-huh. And so because of that, we had to put that off. And so that's why there's a seven-year gap between the first and the second. Right. Now, and, oh, okay, sorry. and I got pregnant nine months after we got married, which was way earlier than I intended to have our first child. So what? she came, so she came earlier than I ever intended. And then the second one came because I was going to grad school and I was like, there's no way, like Bill said, right? Mm-hmm. So that explains the big gap between the first two. The gap between the second two um, is all God. Like I was done having kids. Like I wasn't thinking about having any more kids. I was working on Phil coming into agreement with me that we were done having kids. That Phil, you wanted wanted to keep going? Well, when we first talked about kids, I was at a number of four and she was like, "Uh, no, I'll meet you halfway with three. (laughs) 
But because we were starting to get up in age, she was like, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm good with you. You're good with you? I was like, uh, I guess I could be good with you. And that, and that took a long time yeah. for it, for that to be said. And then I don't know how long it was after that that I finally got his, okay, I'm cool if we just have two. Then we then the Lord starts talking to us about another kid. Yeah, I, I woke up one morning and I was, you know, I just woke up and all of a sudden the thought came to me, prepare for the prince. And I'm like, prepare for the prince? What does that mean? And he's like, prepare for the prince. And so then I just, instead of trying to, you know, figure out what that means, I started talking to my wife about, I was like, you know, the Lord said, prepare for the prince. It's just like, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. And you can, you can show it. Forget it. Drop it. Forget he ever said that. Right. It was like, (laughs) I'm like, you're crazy. That doesn't come from God. Like you're a nut. Just Google it. Figure it out. Right. Right. Go go Google it. Like get a dream interpretation. I don't know what happened. You'll do something, but that, that doesn't sound like we need to have another baby. But then what happened was the next day, um, I was having coffee with a woman I had just met. And she said to me, and I was just sitting here thinking about how Phil said this craziness to me. And I was like, girl, I got to tell you this craziness my husband said to me. This woman looked me in my eye and said, are you about to tell me about the son that you guys are going to have? And I'm like, "Um, uh, uh, no, no, maybe. I was dumbfounded. And then for the next several months, I kept getting these confirmations from like, there was people were having dreams, all this like crazy stuff. And I'm like, God, if you want, if you want me to have another baby, cause I was done. If you want me to have another baby, you got to talk to me directly, not prophetically through somebody else, not through my husband, not through, no, you need to talk to me. And yeah. finally he did. And then I was like, okay, I'll have another child. And then I had a girl. So I'm still scratching my head because uh-huh. I've never received so much confirmation about having a son and, ever, I've never received that much confirmation about anything in my entire life. And the fact of the matter is, is that we had a girl, we have three girls. And so I'm sitting here having a baby at 40, having sitting here with my girl and saying, okay, Lord, she's beautiful. I love her to pieces. Why were you talking to me about a boy? Are you talking about four kids? Because I don't know. So, I mean, so we're still in this weird space. Like I'm 41, he's 42. I, uh-huh. But that, that's or, or was it or, or was it just to get you to open your mind to the possibility of another one? I have no idea. I, I don't that's know where you were like, I can't even, I can't even. I like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know Danielle. I we, honestly don't know. We just know some way, some shape, some form that there's going to be a prince. It it may come in a form of a husband to one of these girls. It may come through an adoption, or he might start speaking to us again. We don't know, and we don't even want to think about okay, it right now. Phil, <laughs> Phil, Phil, I'm going to blow your mind right now. I'm going to blow your mind, Phil. Okay, uh-huh. your daughter's 17, right? Yeah. When did you first say to Shay, I'm going to marry you? Can we get married? Weren't you 17? You probably were. Uh, somewhere around there, yeah. Boom! There we go. Maybe there's some, some boyfriend that's, that's about to say... Yeah, that that I'll could be, be it. I'll be your prince, honey. I'll be your prince. Uh-huh. <laughs> all, all, all we know is that uh, God's promises are his promises. They are yes and amen always. They just don't necessarily show up the way you assumed they would. That's all. Oh, my goodness. Can you, would that be crazy right now if she had a boyfriend that was trying to talk to her about marriage? What would that even feel like as a parent? I, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> 
I'm, I'm just finding out that she was interested in a boy and it kind of messed me up a little bit. But I mean, I know that we've done such a good job of telling her how dumb and how stinky boys are. That you tell her that boys are dumb. You're like, your dad is the only good man. No, no. I tell her that daddy is stinky too. And I've learned how to, I, I don't smell as much as I used to. <laughs> Seventeen-year-old, she probably just rolls her eyes. Dad, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys. So we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping up here. But what do y'all think it takes to build a legendary marriage? Uh, well, I would say you can't have legendary marriage without Jesus. Uh, so we we know that. Um, I think another ingredient ingredient would be the communication, which we talked about, and I think. A third ingredient would be um, fearlessness. And I say that because we're talking about becoming one. You know, when you get married, you're you're becoming one. And it's it's a hard thing, you know, to to become one with yourself, let alone try to become one with someone else. I'm always discovering new stuff about myself and, and ugly stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know that was in there. Oh, I can't even stand me. So how else could my wife stand me when I can barely stand myself, right? So I think you, you have to be fearless in order to have a legendary marriage. What do you say, sweetie? Oh, I love that, Phil. That was a good answer. Well, I was going to say that communication is absolutely vital. And I was also going to say that I think that friendship is vital, too. Mm-hmm. So when we think about intimacy, you know, you've got intimacy, you have physical intimacy, right? You've got kind of a spiritual intimacy, you've got friendship you know, intimacy. And, and I think that all of them are important, but if we weren't, if we weren't at the foundation, if we didn't have the intimacy of our friendship as the foundation, then I, there's, I don't know, there's things that would have been really rough, you know, Um. over these last 19 years or 26 years together, 19 years married. Um, But it's our, it's the combination of keeping Christ at the center and our friendship, even before we put Christ at the center, our friendship held us down. And when we put Christ at the center and had our friendship as a foundation, we we become in un, un, unbreakable together. Mm-hmm. I love it too that you talk about your friendship because when you guys met, you're like, this guy's dancing. Okay, he's gonna be fun. I like yeah. him. <laughs> We're gonna have fun together. That's it. That's it. <laughs> And we do. Okay, so we're going to do a little something that we call the lightning round. And I'm just going to fire a couple quick questions at you. Just first thing that comes to mind, blurt it out, same time. All right, here we go. Toilet paper, over or under? Over. (laughs) You're a match made in heaven. Okay, pet peeve. Uh, pretentious people. Uh, um, 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 uh, I don't know. <laughs> Phil loves everything. He ma- everything makes him happy. That's not no, true. that's not true. I just, I, it's too much pressure. You're putting me under too much pressure. Oh, okay. All right. Who's the better cook? Phil. I am. Oh, what's your best? Uh, I would say sweet potato casserole. So good. Oh, do you put marshmallows on it? Mm, sometimes. Sometimes mm. I put pe- pecans on it and, and um, make like a, a, a crumble on top. So. Oh, you're coming into your zone here. Thanksgiving's coming up. Yes. Make it all the time. All right. One word answer. What was your first impression when you met the in-laws? <laughs> I, 
I love my in-laws, but let me hear what she has to say. No! Okay, that's not, it's not quite fair because I had a different reaction per person in the family. Oh, okay, okay, give me two words. Okay, I thought that his stepfather was crazy. And he is. And he is. And I thought that his mother was very sweet, and she is. Oh, okay. What about you, Phil? I, I just love them. I okay, mom and dad. That's oh, I you love them like right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. They've always been awesome. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. And now I just want to say real quick before we get off, where can our listeners find you, your businesses, what you're doing, your books, more about you? Because I'm sure they'll want to tap into that. Sure. So the book is called Grace Over Grind: How Grace Will Take Your Business Where Grinding Can't. And so the whole premise is, you know, we have the infinite power of God's grace available to us to do business, but yet we fall into the world's model of entrepreneurship. You know, the trophy of an entrepreneurship is hustle, grind, you know, I'm yeah. on team, no sleep. So basically the whole book is about kind of accepting this invitation from God to work by the power of his grace, what that looks like, how to break the mindset of the hustle and grind and how to flow. And in the message version of the Bible, it talks about the unforced rhythms of grace, right? So how to flow in the unforced rhythms of grace in business and experience his favor and just have a much better result that glorifies God. For Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, the best place to go is kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com and that'll connect you to everything that we do. Yeah, that connects you to everything. Yeah, and as far as Crazy Good Massage, if, if you're in the South Florida area, you can look up crazygoodmassage.com and you can see anything about the business there. Okay. I'm also on Facebook. All right, Phil and Shay, thanks for being on the show today, you guys. This was super fun. Thanks for having us. It was awesome. fun. Awesome. Okay, so these two... I love that they are always listening for their next step, what God's teaching them, what God's doing, Mm. and they just know how to listen. Yeah. Which I'm not always good at. Mm, No, you're not. I don't naturally enjoy silence. It's like, it's like a medicine for me. Like I know it's good for me. You mean listening to God, like creating, creating silence as a human being in order to hear God. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I was going to say, you're not very good at listening to me either. Wait, what did you say? (laughs) You know, I've just, I've noticed this. Like, I'm excited for us to talk about this one. And we'll get to the talk about it segment in a minute. Um, Just because I think lately we've had some trouble listening to each other, really hearing each other. And uh, I I think that conversation, uh, I I think it is going to give us some opportunity to to look at that in a new way. Mm, I love it too. And they just, they do that weekly meeting and they're all about listening to God and listening to each other. So um, lots to learn from Phil and Shea Bynes. Yes. All right. So here's the talk about it segment of and the show. And now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we give you and your spouse a conversation starter so that you can have conversations that matter. <laughs> okay. So here's the question. Is there something that God may be teaching you in this season? Yes. But you have to listen for what it is. And you got to think about what it is. I already know. You do? What is it? I'm not telling you. You won't listen to me anyway. (laughs) Please. All right. No, I mean, I say yes because I think God's always trying to speak. Yeah. Yeah. He's always teaching. Like, 
All right. Well, we'll talk about that later. But that is our talk about it question for this week. All right. So next. Much like an overzealous camp counselor, God is always trying to teach us things. An overzealous camp counselor. What kind of camp experience did you have? I had a lot of fun songs at camp. Hmm. Baby shark, do 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 do. You did not do that at camp. Oh yes, I did. You are no. Yes, I did. All right. Well, (laughs) all right. Whatever. Next week on the show, we have Mr. Mark Ferguson, who is a flipper and real estate expert. Not flipper like dolphin flipper, but like (laughs) flipping houses. Oh yeah, yes, flipping houses. And he's going to share some great information about the best way to buy a house and even when it's time to take the leap into buying an investment property. Yeah, so we have been thinking about buying a new house. We've had the conversation. So this, it kind of busted the door open on what could be possible um, Mm. and even put a little extra cash in our pocket in the process. Mm, Tell me more. (laughs) Well, you'll have to listen to next week's show to find out. That's it for today's show. As always, we are talking about all the good stuff from the podcast and life and so much more over in our free community on Facebook. So come join the conversation at legendarymarriage.com slash community. Yeah, you can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 101. Lastly, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us and join the family. Yes. Of course. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you. Don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.